Well, good afternoon, everybody. There was, um, it's on. there was a prophecy years ago, I keep quoting it, that the media will get hold of the gospel. And I thought last week it's happened at last. Because I was sorting out the papers out to put down on the floor when I've been scrubbing the, the kitchen. And um, it said, Jesus saves. Big headline. So I thought, this looks really good. Unfortunately, it said, Jesus saves cities blushes. For those that don't know, Jesus is the name of their uh, striker, although I think they call him Yesus. So a bit of a, oh. bit of a disappointment, really. Okay. Um, the way I grew up at um, Ashton on Mersey, uh, Greenman's Road, Independent Methodist Church, lots of really good stuff uh, was taught by, by Mr. Cantle. And one of the things he used to do was um, home in on the Old Testament and the New Testament, okay? And one of the things um, he taught us, and I want you to check on this, right? Count how many of these I'm going to do. Check that I've got it right. And if you could say the books of the Old Testament, you've got a prize, now, it's funny, I can remember things from 60, 70 years ago that I can't, that I can't remember from last week. So you can check on me. If I, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. So I need a prize. Who's, who's giving the prize? <laughs> but the question is, and I've heard this from Christians, why bother with the Old Testament? We've got the new, we've got the fulfillment. Why bother with the Old Testament? Well, it's good to go back in our heritage. One of the FAF groups, Keith's doing, I told you the other mention, um, looking at your heritage, looking at your family heritage. So anybody who wants to do that, uh, speak to Keith. So if it's good enough for us in our families, I don't do it, by the way. I'm a bit nervous about who I might find in my background, you know, what skeletons are in the cupboard. As you all know, John Wilkes Booth shot Abraham Lincoln, for starters. But it, was not, it wasn't our side of the family. It was... <laughs> um, the Old Testament, why I, why I love the old, the old Testament, because it's God's unfolding word to us about what he wants to do about Jesus. In Genesis chapter 3, the first reference there of what he's going to do, and he says, Satan, after he deceived um, Adam and Eve, there's going to come a time when your head will be crushed. You can bruise the heel, which is what happened on the cross, but your head, Satan, is going to be crushed. So the first reference, and then the Old Testament. I like to think of it as, because it's not just words, it's actions, one after the other. Um, when we teach our children, words aren't enough. You know, there are actions, some of them quite violent. <laughs> um, so I always think of, Jesus, of God and the Old Testament. It's a bit like the most wonderful director there has ever been. I'm glad that's causing amusement on the back row. I'm not sure why. We'll ask afterwards. <laughs> no? The most wonderful director, theatre, film, whatever, 
that there's ever been, and he's portraying who he is throughout, um, throughout, throughout history. Abram was chosen, and then he was given these incredible prophecies to be fulfilled about his seed in the future. The whole of the earth is going to be blessed through Father Abraham. And the time came when Isaac was taken up Mount Moriah and God, it says, was testing him. I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think it's a, it's a prophetic act. Um, and there's um, this young man, teenager, and um, he's got the bundle of sticks on his back, you know, and uh, he knows, Abraham said, we're going to offer a sacrifice up there. And he asked this question, uh, Father, where's the, uh, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham, perhaps with tears in his eyes, but with prophecy somehow coming out from him that he wasn't aware of, perhaps, and said, God will provide a lamb for an offering. Whoa! <laughs> what a prophetic act. Yeah? And then uh, the hand of, of Abraham is, is stopped by the angel and... Uh, the prophetic act, you know, is complete. Well, it's not actually. It's fulfilled when Jesus, the lamb, comes and is sacrificed. But before that, Mount Moriah, then according to the, um, my, um, my Bible, Mount Moriah is the place where the temple was built within the walls of the city of Jerusalem, Mount Moriah. The place where the sacrifices would take place is the same place where um, Isaac, in that prophetic act, was offered. What an amazing story. And then not far from Mount Moriah, that's where Jesus, the Lamb of God, would be, would be slain. So you see what I mean? It's, there's lots and lots of these stories. Read the Old Testament. Uh, it's brilliant. It's not dry. I don't understand it all. Just can't comprehend some of it, but um, it doesn't stop me reading it. Um, goes on, when the ark is made, not Noah's ark, although that's a picture in itself, but the ark of the covenant, lots and lots of stuff in there we won't go into regarding uh, the material chosen, the wood and everything. Um, another one that really, really stands out is when the children of Israel were going in to conquer Jericho and there was one person and their family who was going to be saved and they were instructed this is Rachel wasn't it they, they were um, she was instructed sorry Rahab. Ra sorry Rahab sorry Rachel where's she going <laughs> Rahab was instructed to put a, a red a crimson cord in her window not coincidence surely you know the colour coming out again there, the blood of Jesus saving um, our, us and our family. The, the sacrifices that were made, um, the supper that was that was made that was uh, portrayed every year. It's like a prophetic act that the that the children, the children of um, of Israel. They, without even knowing what they were, well, they knew partly what they were doing, but they didn't know that this lamb was going to be portrayed in the future. And then a really big one that I've underlined. 
They were in the, uh, in the desert and the children of, is of Israel sinned and were forgiven, sinned yet again, and God had sent snakes to bite them, right? Anything to bring this rebellious people that had come out of slavery, so they'd been taught. I mean, even, even now, in, um, well, maybe 10, 20 years ago in Russia, it was very, very difficult for people who'd been under communism you know, we'll look after you from birth to death. Very, very difficult for them then to start thinking for themselves. Some did, and became millionaires almost overnight, but the majority had almost been almost in slavery, semi-slavery. Semi it was the same with them. It took a long time for God to make this people the, the warrior nation that uh, he wanted them to be, the nation that was going to bring in the saviour of the world. So the snakes were coming and people were dying right, left and centre. And so God said, make a serpent and put it on a pole and lift it up. And all you have to do is look and be saved. And Jesus referred that to himself, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, I too will be, will be lifted up. And I suppose you know, Rebecca knows for sure, that this, um, this symbol then becomes the symbol of, um, of healing, doesn't it? Um, what's the oath called that they... Hippocratic... I always get it mixed up with hypocrisy. Hippocratic oath, yeah. There's the symbol um, of, of, of healing. Now, I looked at, I've got this... Um, this Wonderful Bible that um, Sarah bought me. I know when Sarah buys me things because it, she puts in the middle, in the front rather, if my father loses his book, <laughs> his name is Ken Wilkes and he lives. <coughs> I lose one, one or two things. Don't I? Anyway, um, it's a Jewish Bible. Well, it's, it's the New International Version and a Jewish Bible next to each other. And there isn't that much difference. But what he says is, um, when the Jewish people pick up the Bible just out of interest, ooh, it sounds very Gentile-ish. You know, you've called Matthew, Matthew, when, of course, his name was Matthias, things like that. You know, it just doesn't sound right. So although the bulk of it is very, very similar. So I was really interested to see a big list that's one, two, three, four pages long, but I'm not going to read them all, of... Um, the prophecies fulfilled by Yeshua, that's another one they change, it's not Jesus, it's Yeshua, um, the saviour. So I've just, I'm going to read out a tiny fraction of the things he says. So the Jewish people now are looking forward to a Messiah, even though he's already come, who will fulfill all these prophecies. Even the date 483 years after the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. And that's in Daniel, 69 times seven weeks of years. Uh, be born of a virgin, be born in Bethlehem. Be preceded by one who would announce him, John the Baptist. Um, have a ministry in Galilee, even though the, prophet, the, the, the Pharisees said that was ridiculous, you know. When one of their own said, come on, let's give him a fair trial. He said, don't expect anything to come from up north in Galilee. They were wrong because that was Isaiah said that. He would enter into Jerusalem on a donkey. 
be rejected by the Jewish leadership, be betrayed by a friend. And so, I'm only reading a fraction. Be sold for 30 pieces of silver, be struck on the cheek, be spat on, be mocked, be beaten, be executed by crucifixion by having his hands and feet pierced, a death which wasn't known when that was written. Be thirsty during his execution, be given vinegar to quench the thirst, be executed without having a bone broken, even though the two either side had their legs broken so that they would collapse and not be able to breathe anymore. But lots and lots and lots and lots more. So the Old Testament, and there's one, there's one um, sort of piece de resistance. And it's a bit long, so, so you don't have to worry about me speaking too long. Pete's going to come and um, we'll do a sharing of this. And it's Isaiah 53. Who has truly believed our revelation? To whom will Yahweh reveal his mighty arm? He sprouted up like a tender plant before the Lord, like a root in parched soil. He possessed no distinguishing beauty or outward splendor to catch our attention, nothing special in his appearance to make us desire him. He was despised, rejected by men, a man of sorrows, no stranger to suffering and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust, considered him nobody, not worthy of respect. Yet he was the one who carried our sicknesses and endured the torment of our sufferings. We viewed him as one who was being punished for something he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole and in his wounding we found our healing. Like wayward sheep we have all wandered astray. Each of us has turned from God's paths and chosen our own way. Even so Yahweh laid the guilt of our every sin upon him. He was oppressed and harshly mistreated. Still he humbly submitted, refusing to defend himself. He was brought like a gentle lamb to be slaughtered. Like a silent sheep before his shearers, he didn't even open his mouth. By coercion and with a perversion of justice, it was an illegal trial they had, should never have been held at night. He was taken away. And who could have imagined his future? He was cut down in the prime of life. For the rebellion of his own people, he was struck down in their place. They gave him a grave among criminals. But he ended up instead in a rich man's tomb, although he had done no violence, nor spoken deceitfully. Even though it pleased Yahweh to crush him with grief, he will be restored to favor. After his soul becomes a guilt offering, he will gaze upon his many offspring and prolong his days. And through him, Yahweh's deepest desires will be fully accomplished. After the great anguish of his soul, he will see light and be fully satisfied. 
by knowing him, the righteous one, my servant will make many to be righteous because he, their sin bearer, carried away their sins. So I, Yahweh, will assign him a portion among a great multitude and he will triumph. And divide the spoils of victory with his mighty ones. All because he poured out his lifeblood to death. He was counted among the worst of sinners. Yet he carried sin's burdens for many. And intercedes for those who are rebels. We've got a solid foundation for our faith. If ever you feel doubts welling up. I always go to Colossians when that happens, happens to me and read about who Jesus is or into the Old Testament. So we try to, we've been through several books of the Bible trying to get excitement going about um, Philippians and Galatians and Ephesians and Colossians and the Old Testament. It's very, very relevant. Thank you.